Well, hello there. This is episode 318. And today we are chatting about supplements and your mental health and how to not lose your mental health by taking supplements and how to make sure that you don't go absolutely off the deep end because you're taking too many supplements. We're talking about really responsible supplementation, specifically as it relates to inflammation and overall mental wellness. We're breaking down things like Alzheimer's, why keto affects the brain, how to support the brain how to decode your anxiety, overwhelm, inflammation markers, what to test in your blood chemistry, and a whole bunch of things. Our guest today is Priscilla. She's been on the show before. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist. You can get more information from her either on Instagram at keto.girl.nutritionist or on her website, Keto Girl Nutritionist. We're so excited to have you here today. If you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me or you can catch up and actually you can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. If you don't know where any of the links and things are, in fact, today we talk about D3K2 and CBD oil and maca and a whole bunch of other things specifically supplement related. If you're trying to find the show notes and you're not sure how to do that, you can either go to keto diet podcast cast.com and look for episode 318 and all of the show notes will be there. Or if you're not sure how to do this on your app, you can simply go to the Google machine, type in the app that you're listening to this podcast with and then show notes. So for example, casts show notes and you'll see a little video on how to access the show notes and this is not only good for my show but all shows that you listen to on this player so that's just a little tip from me to you okay let's do this thing Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Hey, Priscilla, what's going on? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm so good. Thanks for coming back on the show. Absolutely. Today, I wanted to talk about, well, you actually suggested chatting about mental health because you're starting to see this a lot more and more in your practice. And so uh, we wanted to touch on mental health. We'll probably throw in a whole bunch of other things, but I'd love for you to just take a moment to introduce yourself. I know I just read your bio and everything, but if you want to just in your own words, tell us who you are, what you do, what you're passionate about. Absolutely. So I am keto girl nutritionist. I love what I do because I love just making keto, not just like, here's your macros, here's protein and carbs, blah, blah, blah. I love to get to the root cause of weight loss because I know for women it's complex. It's not a one size fits all. So that's what I do. I'm passionate about it because I've seen the benefits of keto helping women with their hormone balances, PCOS, hypothyroidism, high cortisol stress levels, like we previously talked about, but now it's transitioning into also mental health issues. Like, sure. If you have a hormone imbalance, you're going to have some mental health issues going on, some anxiety and all that other great stuff. But some people just purely have the mental health issue going on. Like weight isn't too much of a factor for them. It's just the mental health. And so that's what I've been seeing more and more of with psychologists and psychiatrists referring clients to do keto because they're seeing the amazing benefits of keto. So yes, that's what I love about keto. That's the kind of clients I work with. So I'm super excited to talk more about that with you this time. Yeah, that's so exciting. And in fact, I hired a dietitian a while back to help me because sometimes it's nice to just sit back, relax and have somebody take care of you and maybe point out things that you need that perhaps as a practitioner, sometimes you get blind and you've been looking at your own stuff so long. It's nice to have feedback. And I had a long conversation with her about the carbohydrates and the function of the brain. And we disagreed. She was like, no, no, no. Carbohydrates should not make your brain do anything funky. And I'm like, no, like this is the reason why I eat a ketogenic diet and a low carb diet, because when I am on carbs, I am not the same person mentally. Like I am more overwhelmed. 
I'm more anxious. I nag on my husband more. I get, yeah, overwhelmed and anxious a lot more. Uh, my ADHD skyrockets. Like I have such a hard time just staying focused on one task. Are these sort of things that you're seeing people come to keto because of? Exactly. So that's one of the things like they come to keto for the weight loss, right? They're like, I'm tired of the weight, you know, going up and down, or they want to lose some X, Y, and Z. But the reason why they're really staying is for the mental health reasons. Because we all know calorie counting works until it doesn't, right? It doesn't work for most women long-term. And the biggest problem is it doesn't provide the brain with the fat that's calming, which we can talk more about. And so, yeah, absolutely. I would 100% say that all of my clients at the end of working with me, it's the mental health. They're like, I feel so good. Like, sure, I love the weight loss, but the mental health reason is why I want to keep doing this. Like I just have more energy. I don't have the anxiety and the panic attacks, you name it. Like it's so much better. And it's just a beautiful thing to see that transformation. Yes, completely. And something that you said too, with the brain and fats and why are we seeing this? Like I get Mm -hmm. this question a lot, like why do carbs make me crazy? Like what's happening and why are we seeing these changes as we start to bring fats into the picture? Right. So correct me if I'm wrong, but has mental health, like anxiety and depression not skyrocketed over like the last 20 years? Like we're seeing a pandemic in my opinion, like people are wanting antidepressants. They're feeling stressed and anxious all the time. Then are we doing more research? Maybe, but I think there's a correlation with that and the obesity epidemic as well. We're eating more sugar, we're eating more refined carbs, and mental health is skyrocketing at the same time. So I think there's a correlation for sure with the sugar and mental health for sure. Yeah. And when we even think of Alzheimer's, understanding that a lot of doctors are now calling it diabetes type three, that these brains cannot run on glucose. And that's why we're seeing this deterioration. And so if you just think we're not talking about as far as dementia, but if our brain cells can run on either ketones or glucose, and we know that ketones are a more clean burning fuel, Mm -hmm. then it would make sense that when we have ketones that our brains are functioning a lot better. And a really good thing that I encourage my clients to do, you know, when we first start going and they're like, I don't know, is keto right for me? I'm not sure this is going to help. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll recommend they grab some exogenous ketones Mm -hmm. and fast for the morning, as long as they can try to take it and just have some exogenous ketones, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. If the package says have a teaspoon, I'm like a quarter teaspoon, add some to water and just take notice of your brain. Just how fast can you recall your aunts and uncles in your family or what do you have on your planner or a quick memory game of, okay, what are you doing on Wednesday? Say it all out loud, close your eyes and repeat it. Like how quickly are you able to recall this information? And it is amazing the difference. And that's just a little bit of exogenous ketones. Right. I mean, like it's, I call BS on the whole glucose carbs are the primary source of energy for the brain. We're going to touch it. Come on. If your body in starvation mode goes to ketones, it starts using that as the primary source of fat and it's protecting the brain. That's why. Why would that not be the preferred source of fat? Like, yes, we can get all to the research and all the crap, but I'm just saying it has a powerful impact on the functioning of the brain, protecting it. And in my opinion, it really is the preferred source of fuel because fat is calming. So many times we're seeing like the neurotransmitters, we can get technical called GABA being so deficient and not working like it should be. And that just has, when you're on a keto diet, they see those happy feelings, those happy neurotransmitters called GABA, they greatly increase because a lot of mental health issues stem from inappropriately being able to utilize glucose as energy and so carbs. So they're not actually able to use carbs. So yeah, diabetes of the brain, exactly what I think. And so you mentioned at the beginning, kind of with your practice, and I love this about your work and it's something that I attempt to do as well is, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff going on, but what's at the root cause of these issues. And I think, especially with mental health, there's usually a bunch of causes to these issues. Yes, it is carbohydrates, but oftentimes too, when we look at mental health, would you say that there's also nutrition deficiencies that are kind of at play also when it comes to mental health issues? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I always love it. If, you know, a client has any labs, I am a guru at labs. I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. Let's see what's going on. Of course we can always check the thyroid issues, you know, or the, anything going on with PCOS, but kind of getting more root down to checking their zinc levels, the vitamin D3 and iodine and all these other ones and vitamin B12 and just kind of looking at those as well. And there's oftentimes they're greatly deficient and those as well. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up vitamin D. I'll include this in the show notes, but there was a paper that was done in 2015, a review study, and it said that people that are lower in vitamin D show a higher propensity toward anxiety disorders. And I mean, there's one lab that I've seen in the 13 years I've been doing this work. One lab, I saw it last week and this woman had perfect vitamin D levels. And I was like, I had to double take. I'm like, are you sure this is right? Did you just test this? Like, how is this, is this okay? (laughs) It never happens. Like everyone, everyone I always see has to be put on vitamin D of some sort. Like even like there's research done that like I'm in San Antonio. So even in a hot climate, like San Antonio, I guarantee you the majority, like 85% at least, if not more are vitamin D deficient. I mean, it's like you can be outside and you're not absorbing it like you should. It really comes from the diet. It doesn't matter how long you're outside or not. Yeah. My vitamin D journey has gone on for a really long time. I was diagnosed with very, very severe, severe, low vitamin D levels. And no matter what I did, shots, supplements, going out in the sun, it did not help. And it wasn't until I massively increased my animal protein consumption and went into the sun and got on a proper supplement that I was able to level it off. Now I'm sitting around 90, which is awesome. That has never happened in the history of my life. But also what I think a lot of people do with vitamin D is they just go on, I mean, like 10,000 IUs every day, all the time. And I have concerns over that also. What do you do in your practice and what's your kind of recommendation on vitamin D as we know that it helps our mental health so much. Right. I think 10,000 is a bit much in my personal opinion. I think something around like 2000, 2000 I use a day is very maintainable for the long term. and vitamin D3, you know, cause there's another one called D2 and that's more used. Oh, just use it for like a month at a really high dosage. And it's not meant to be used over a long period of time. So D3 is the one that you use consistently for a long period of time. And it's usually by month two of taking that in conjunction with changing their diet and keto and all the good stuff that they're like, okay, I am getting more energy. I'm feeling better. I'm sleeping better. Yes. To touch on the sleep. That's so important. (laughs) I'm totally with you in that camp. How I raised my vitamin D from the very, very low level was 5,000 IUs a day. And Mm -hmm. I checked my vitamin D monthly. And once I got up to that level, I went down to a thousand. And I'm so happy that you mentioned the D3K, like I do D3K2. And that combination Mm -hmm. is like, it's just perfect. And I also, I think uh, another deficiency that's huge that you touched on also is zinc. Ah, zinc deficiency and women who have hormonal birth control. We know that their zinc is going to be lower because it increases their copper. Do you know of the signs of zinc uh, deficiency or kind of what people should be looking for when it comes to zinc and mental issues? That's a little harder, but a big one is anxiety and irritability, just kind of like the little mood swings that are subtly going on and they can turn into big things. And you just feel like, why am I crazy? Does it feel like there's a full moon out every day. That's kind of how women would equate, in my opinion, the zinc deficiency going on. Yeah. So we're going to include a bunch of different, like you shared some papers. I'm going to include some zinc deficiency also can lead to depression, increased anxiety, irritability, emotional instability. Oh, this is an interesting one. Induced defects in social behavior. So maybe that's our next piece to this is, Uh did you notice when you started eating enough fat? I know for me, Mm -hmm. I could actually be around people. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I literally felt like within two months after going keto, I went from an introvert to an extrovert. Like I was like, I used to want to be a homebody and I didn't want to go out. I never felt like it. And then I was like, Oh, I want to go out. I want to see people. I want to be out, have a drink. I don't mind loud music now. Like things like that used to really like tick me and I just couldn't handle it. Like it would almost put me into like an anxiety attack if I did it too much. And so it was just crazy how literally it can change your whole personality. 
reality in a sense. CBD oil, I'm sure you've heard of it and maybe you've been a bit overwhelmed by the options or you're concerned it'll get you high. Now, my family's been supplementing with CBD oil going on four years and I'm impressed with the results and no, we don't get high on the stuff and neither will you. Why do we use CBD oil? Well, it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, reducing joint issues, inflammatory acne, and gut distress. Eaton Hemp makes the highest possible quality CBD oil, are transparent in their production processes, and are one of the first USDA certified organic hemp companies, ensuring all you're getting in your oil is CBD not pesticides. Blah. No, thank you. Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for the CBD, which ensures higher potency, effectiveness, terpenes, and cannabinoids. These are all good things. Now, what I love most about Eaton Hemp is they stand behind their product. If you buy it and you don't like it or you don't get the results that you're looking for, they will give you a refund. All you got to do is use it in the first 30 days and let them know in those first 30 days, no questions asked, they will give you your money back. Now, they put together a super special offer for our listeners. If you go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet and use the code keto diet, you will get 20% off all of their CBD products. Again, that's code keto diet at eatenhemp.com slash keto diet for your 20% off and your 30 day money back guarantee. Completely. I remember when we were living in Montreal, I was vegan at the time and I had been vegan Mm -hmm. for about eight years and we went to this mall and I remember feeling so incredibly overwhelmed and there was so many people and so much noise that those sorts of environments where I was around a lot of people, like I would avoid them at all costs. Like it made me really overwhelmed and really terrified. And about, I would say about six or seven months into my keto journey, I remember making a video and I didn't realize until that moment, somebody had asked me a question about mental health. And I was like, wait, that doesn't happen anymore. Like I can, I can handle all the noises and I can stay focused and I'm not so overwhelmed around people. Yeah. I mean, literally like fat, it goes beyond just like being another energy source and weight loss. It it literally is calming and changes. It just brings about a chill personality. (laughs) That's all I would like. That's the easiest way. Like I just developed more of a I'm Zen, I'm chill, whatever. (laughs) And I didn't care. It was just so relaxing compared to previously from my low calorie diets that I had been on or just low carb, but not increasing the fat, but I was always still on edge and still had that anxiety. And then just seeing that beautiful transition to keto, it's just so life-changing. Completely. And I think also too, when I'm going to paint a picture. So a woman goes on the ketogenic diet and she's there for weight loss. But then like us, it sounds like she starts noticing I'm not weird around people. I can focus. I'm feeling so much better. And then the birthday cake rolls around or the event rolls around and she's nervous because, oh my gosh, if I eat these carbohydrates, what's it going to do to my brain? Do you have any advice for that person who, I mean, it's a delicate balance between wanting to live your life, but also knowing that when you have those carbohydrates, you're not going to feel so great. What's kind of your approach when it comes to that? So so it depends, right? That's my answer for everything, (laughs) but it really depends your journey. And when you've started, how far you've come in being keto, right? If you're a newbie and let's say you have a history of binge eating and you've only been on keto for like three weeks, right? You already know it's amazing, but you're around the birthday cake. I would caution, maybe now it's not the best time to have that birthday cake quite yet because you still aren't there. You might feel overwhelmed. You might get, oh, I got to have more sugar. But I would say more for an individual that's, I guess, around like two months, you know, a little more fat adapted there, more confident and listening to their body's fullness. And they can really tell. That's by the time I have a client that will go out, they'll have that piece of cake. And they're like, whoa, I had just like a half a piece or a quarter of a piece. And that was too much, but I could stop because my brain just told me that was enough. And so that's just like, cool. Like they can still go out and enjoy the things. It's just, it's not addicting anymore. And their brain is the one that tells them more than the stomach. 
I'm glad that you mentioned the addictive piece, which is something Mm -hmm. we haven't talked about yet as it relates to even mental health on a ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. Something I've noticed for myself personally, and also my clients, there's that funky transition where we go keto and all we want is carbohydrates, but then it kind of lulls down and you're like, I'm not that interested in this actually. Or you have a little bite and you're like, no, I'm good. And that to not be crazy around food is a huge mental health benefit, at least for myself. Absolutely. Like one of my best stories is a girl, she she does have PCOS, right? And one of the biggest things she struggled with was binge eating, especially around the time her period rolled over because she just would have those intense cravings and it was just a mess, which we, after month three, she would literally get to her period. And she said, I decided to have a bite of my husband's chocolate bar. I tasted it and I'm like, this isn't even good anymore. I don't want anymore. And so that's just the beautiful transition that she went through from day one to just month three. She didn't even like the taste of a Snickers bar anymore. And she felt in control and relieved. Oh, you know what? We, I have a very similar story. Kevin and I were on our second keto book tour and this was like, we had done all the U S we were just starting Canada. We were going from Victoria to Vancouver or Vancouver to Calgary. I can't remember. And our flight got upgraded, which was awesome. I love when that happens on tour. Cause you're so tired. You've been on a billion planes right. and we sat down first class and they're going around with this big basket of large chocolate bars and you can have as much as you want. And Kevin, ever since I remember we've been together, I think 14 years now, he had a Kit Kat bar every day. Every day he would go to IGA. It's like a grocery store in Canada and he would get a Kit Kat bar and a water and he would eat that on his way home from work every day. And so Kevin had gone keto on the tour because he was like, I'm around a bunch of keto people. You're talking about keto. I probably should try this keto thing. And so he had been keto for about 40 days and wow. we jump on the plane and the lady comes by with the big Kit Kat bars. And he's like, no, thank you. And I was like, what? And he's like, I just don't feel like it. No. Ah. <laughs> That's the biggest fear when you go keto is I'm going to have to say no to all the foods I love, all the carbs. But the thing you don't realize is those foods that you love now, most likely are going to be few and far four months later three months later, like they just aren't going to be your favorite foods anymore. And like, it's hard because people don't realize that. And then once they're there, they're like, this is freaking amazing. Like I love other foods better for me than that. And so it's really cool. Yes, completely. And I guess it's worth noting specifically as we are starting our ketogenic diet, something I've noticed, especially as it relates to mental health is, and we touched on this a little bit with vitamin deficiencies, mineral deficiencies, but also if we are not eating quality food, there might be a woman listening. That's like, what the heck I'm still dealing with anxiety and overwhelm. Perhaps my child has ADHD and we're trying, but it's not working. Do you feel like food quality has a role to play? for the results that we experience as it relates to our mental health? Absolutely. So just like when it comes to weight loss, the biggest thing I always tell clients, if you're not losing weight on keto, most likely you have inflammation going on. Okay. Because if you have inflammation or you have a vitamin deficiency, even that can be out of whack, weight loss is not going to fall off. And the main reasons for the inflammation are, well, if you have a hormone imbalance, we do know gluten, dairy can be big reasons for the inflammation but also highly processed keto snacks. Like they'll even have gluten in them or they have all these chemicals in them. They're like, what is that? I can't even pronounce it. And so they're contributing to the reason why you're not losing weight. I see that all the time. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think we can get so tied up and I mean, I still do this. It's been eight years. I know better, but some company will send me something. Like if I get a perfect keto box, in fact, I just got a new box of perfect keto bars. And I'm like, Leanne only eat one because one is nice, but eight in a day is not okay. It's just not okay. And I think we get so comfortable with keeping our diet the same or relying on the same foods that we don't get that variety that's required. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy. I'll do the same thing. I'll be like, okay, 
okay, I'll get myself keto cookies, right? And they'll come in a nice little cute bag and they're like five servings. I'll have it all because it's only two grams of net carbs for a serving or only 10 for the entire bag, right? And I'm like, oh, these are so good. They're cookies. And then I eat the entire bag because it's keto cookies. What the heck? It's okay. But it still has an effect on the brain. The brain can still register it as sugar, whether we believe it or not. And then it has all the other additives in there that can cause inflammation in the brain. So you might not see the whole improvement in ADHD or anxiety, even though you might think it's keto, you're hitting your macros. So I always spend less time on, let's count the macros on more time on the quality of food and what that looks like. A while back, we received a question on the podcast about keto bars and how easy it is to eat two, three, or four bars in one sitting. Now, I've thought a lot about this like for quite a while, and I too struggled with it to the point where I couldn't have keto bars in the house because I would eat far too many in place of preparing like a proper balanced keto meal. There's some days where a take along with you bar is convenient and at times absolutely necessary. So I started looking for an alternative, something more balanced and a bar that would deliver nutrients, not just a balance of macros where my body would be satiated by one and not in search of more and more and more. Like I think one time I had six keto bars in one sitting and I didn't feel so good after. And then I found that very bar. So here are the ingredients in the new bar that I'm now eating only one of at at each sitting. Organic cashew butter, organic tapioca fiber syrup, 100% grass-fed bone broth protein, organic dried apples, organic dates, organic pumpkin seeds, organic superfood blend, which includes organic kale, organic broccoli, organic spinach, organic acerola, organic wild blueberry, organic spirulina, organic ginger, organic turmeric, organic sunflower lecithin, organic cinnamon, organic flavors, Himalayan pink sea salt, organic rosemary extract, and monk fruit extract. Now this is made with certified organic, if you didn't catch that, organic, (laughs) antioxidant-rich superfoods, cold-pressed, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, non-GMO, contains healthy proteins, fats, and vital nutrients, no added sugars, artificial sweeteners, or sugar alcohols. It's very low in natural sugars at four grams or less, depending on the flavor, and it's whole food-based. Now, this bar is from Paleo Valley. They call it the superfood bar, and I'm happy to report I eat one, and I'm satiated, and I move on. No more bar binges. Now, this is huge, 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 huge for me. Head on over to paleovalley.com, load up your cart with superfood bars and whatever else you find that tickles your fancy, enter the code KETO at checkout and receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com and use the code KETO for 15% off your first order. Awesome. And so we've talked about nutrition deficiencies, rather a little Mm -hmm. bit of inflammation. Do you recommend testing? Like the whole test don't guess is really where I try to put myself because oftentimes clients will be like, it's totally fine. Everything's okay. And I'm like, but is it, I think we should test this before we put you on a vitamin D because if your levels, I mean, it's very rare. Like I said, that vitamin D is going to be high, but we should not be supplementing with vitamin D if it's high enough. Right. So where's, what's your feeling on testing? So yes, when it comes to food, there's nothing wrong with experimenting with it, you know, cutting out some gluten and dairy to see how you feel and watching the quality of food without getting tested. That is perfectly fine, but it's more for, okay, what's going on? You're not losing that weight as well, or kind of like, why aren't we seeing the changes? And that's before I ever put anyone on any type of vitamin or mineral, even though it's not a drug, I still consider it a form of a drug, right? Because our bodies get out of whack if we're deficient. So they're going to be out of whack if it's too high. So I do love labs for that reason. I, I turn into a little lab geek and get excited. And I'm like, Ooh, these are the ranges that you're in. So yes, absolutely. I think it's a great call. 
Yeah. It's kind of playing that as somebody who has a one-on-one practice also, Mm -hmm. it's so fun to take your clients through that process and educate them on what to look for on their labs, because those numbers that we see on the panels are based on a bunch of sick people going in, getting tested, and then they make those ranges. But there are optimal ranges, not only for healthy people, but for each individual. Like for example, with my thyroid, I know that my free T3 has to be considerably higher than Mm -hmm. what even my holistic practitioner would say is okay. But I know that if it's not at that level for me, I'm not going to feel optimal. And so it's kind of that we were talking about before we started recording, like how great it would be if people had about $500 in a side bank account every three months that we could do testing, but it does get very expensive. Yes, absolutely. You know, it really just depends like with yourself having a thyroid issue or are you a fairly common healthy individual? It really just depends. And I do love it for my girls with hypothyroidism. Like I had a client like she was slowly, slowly seeing weight loss and inches loss. And she's like, you know, she had lost maybe 16 pounds in four months, which for hypothyroidism is amazing. Like we got to celebrate that. But for her, she's like, it's not as fast as, you know, X, Y, and Z who does keto, right? And you're, they're not losing like 30 pounds or whatever in the timeline. So I was like, well, let's go get your labs tested. And so she went to this holistic doctor that I refer a lot of my clients to. And her doctor said, oh my God, you're no longer hypothyroid. You're actually hyperthyroid. We have to take you off of your levothyroxine so that because your thyroid hormones have literally balanced out being on keto. So her in her mind, she was having slow success, but her, in the end, her thyroid hormones had literally balanced out. And so that was just a beautiful thing. She actually got to get off of her medicine. And yeah, that was after four months. That's interesting. I'm just so curious why she would have been put on levothyroxine as a hypothyroid. Did she have Hashimoto's? She did have some variation of that. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because anytime I see that on a panel, I'm like, and can we talk to your doctor about being put on desiccated or armor thyroid and P thyroid? Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of doctors do put them on levothyroxine, which that's not my favorite. Completely. Me neither. And that's, I think, another piece of the mental health thing. I mean, I have a couple of experiences. (laughs) Oh, man. I think because you're a health practitioner, you like, I mean, I run my labs like full, complete labs every three months. And I'm always kind of playing with things and levers and discovering new things I can test for. And we were talking earlier that I just got certified to um, read Dutch panels, which has been so fun to add to my practice and also just for me to understand it all. And when I was in Canada, I was on a desiccated thyroid. And when we came down to the US and I couldn't get my thyroid capsules, I switched over to, was it NP thyroid first? Yes. NP thyroid, same component of desiccated thyroid. I looked at all, like I looked at actually how they compound it what the ingredients were, how the, I don't even know what it's called, the the chemistry, the chemical makeup of this supplement. It was the same girl. I went crazy. I was so Mm -hmm. depressed. I was depressed. I was moody. I felt completely out of control mentally and months went by and my husband just on the off chance, he's like, didn't you change your thyroid? Should you like test it or something? Like what's going on? I'm like, oh my gosh. It's the thyroid medicine. I'm not on the right dosage. And that was just rocked me. And it's unfortunate. The thyroid is such a tricky, (laughs) tricky thing to balance, but can cause a lot of mental issues if not properly medicated or not properly supported. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. It's like the fine balance, right? Because I have worked clinically even with like hyperparathyroidism and hypoparathyroidism. So it's a little different type of thyroid, but you still are working with vitamin D, you're working with calcium and then these other minerals. And it's like every time you feel like you're moving one, decreasing one, and it's just like, but it can be a beautiful thing when you finally get it balanced out and you're like, they feel good, they're happy and the weight is stabilizing. And it's like, okay, I did my job. I'm so happy. (laughs) It worked out in the end. Yes. And it takes a lot of finessing. And when it comes to thyroid, I think, and I hate to kind of take this stance because I usually don't take a black and white stance. Mm -hmm. I have not been able to, for myself personally and my clients, fix the thyroid, support the thyroid without testing multiple times. Would you agree? 
Absolutely. Yes, because it can be a finicky thing. It might be a little lower than a little higher and you just have to consistently. I mean, when I worked clinically monthly, monthly where I did that because they would just change. They would go up a little bit, go down a little bit. And then once you had it right, then you would maybe wait like three months to redraw them again, you know, but it's always that you do have to keep an eye on it for sure. Yeah. And I mean, oh, this is such a pain point for me working with clients who their doctor puts them on just Synthroid, let's say, for example. And it's like, let's test another six months to a year. Yep. What? No. And I think especially when I go through very stressful periods, like Mm -hmm. for example, when I'm on tour and I have to be on the last two tours, I doubled my thyroid medication. It needed to be doubled because of the stress. Wow. But at least you knew that, like you knew yourself and that's always the biggest thing. I always tell clients, you got to know yourself. And then once you know yourself, you know, what, how much and how little you're your own practitioner, right? You're the doctor of yourself, but it's not just something you learn overnight. You've got to practice it and know yourself. It takes time. Yes, completely. And I guess since we talked a little bit about testing, what do you recommend for thyroid testing? That's like the kind of the go-to thyroid tests. Now that's not my specialty when it comes to the hypothyroidism. I leave that up to my functional medicine doctor for sure, but she definitely checks the cortisol, the T4, the T3, TSH, but those are the main ones that I'm like, okay, what else do you have? I'm the same. I think the biggest pain point is when people diagnose thyroid issues with just TSH. I think the initial test, no, I disagree with what I'm about to say. I'm like, if you just want to test the TSH and then if it's off, test everything else, but the TSH can be quote unquote balanced. But as Mm -hmm. soon as you look at that free T3 or free T4, you're going to know you kind of need the big picture when you're looking at the thyroid. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because like I'll have individuals say, I don't think I have a thyroid issue, but then we'll look at, okay, maybe they did for themselves, take like a food sensitivity, you know, out there, some test out there. And I look at them, you know, I take them with a grain of salt. Not all of them are very accurate, but I'll look at them. I'm like, it looks like you have sensitivities to the same foods that my hypothyroid patients typically have. And so once we work with that alone, and then they finally get tested and they find, oh, I do have these off the T3 and T4s. It was even though the TSH was like, okay, whatever, you know, with the normal doctor, then they're like, okay, I do got to watch these foods. I do have hypothyroidism. And I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm one of those patients always. It's like, if I'm dealing with something, I hope that there's a problem. I hope that there's a diagnosis so that I can fix it or manage it. So I don't feel this way anymore. I mean, there is nothing worse than feeling like you're crazy. <laughs> you're like, something's wrong with me. I just want to put my finger on it. And so that's what they always say. Once you have a diagnosis of some sort, I feel like you feel empowered and relieved. Like, sure, it can be a little shocking at first, but then you know what you have and you know that you just need to learn how to manage it. Mm-hmm, completely. Since we've talked a bunch about responsible supplementation has definitely come up. Mm-hmm. Another experience that I had personally last March, which put me into a huge depressive state, which was actually horrible. I was put on high dose methylfolate and I knew nothing about folate at the time. My folate level was low. The doctor was like, here you go. Here's 5,000. Uh, is it micrograms folate? I'm pretty sure micrograms, maybe it's milligrams doesn't matter. Anyways, I went nuts. I was a mess and it took me months to figure out again that it was a supplementation. And now I have now figured out that I have the MTHFR mutation. I can't have that much folate. And so I think really the point of this conversation is like, just because people say, oh my gosh, you need the methylated folate or you need the vitamin D or you need this, that, and the other thing. If you're not testing and you're not understanding these high doses of things, it can really mess up your brain. Oh, absolutely. Like there was a time I was like, well, fish oil is good. So I just grabbed the highest dosage of omega-3 I could find. Literally in a week, I was super anxious and feeling depressed. And it's like, then I later learned, well, that was too high for me. And you also need some vitamin D3 and a little bit of calcium. They all need to work together. And so it's finding that balance. And just because you're like, oh, they always say on the news or in the magazines, have more fish oil, have more omega, like it doesn't always just work as simply as putting yourself on the highest dose. That's why I do consider, you know, vitamins and minerals are just like medicine. They really are. 
Yes, completely. And it's so great that we have access to them and that we can use them and that they're tools that we have available, but it's kind of discouraging. And I'm sure you've seen this in your practice also, but I started working with a client recently and on her form, it said that she was taking dim. Mm -hmm. And so that always raises a little red flag. And I'm like, okay, we got to have a conversation about this dim and why she started it. She just saw an ad that said all women have high estrogen. And if you don't want cancer, put yourself on dim. And she's been taking it for years. Yeah. And you know, sometimes the easiest thing that we think in our minds, well, I'll change my diet when I change my diet. But the easiest thing for me to do is grab that supplement and start taking it or whatever. And the diet diet needs to be number one in conjunction to drawing our labs and figuring out, okay, what do I need to work on? So absolutely. CBD oil has massively reduced my symptoms of anxiety. The benefits of CBD are all encompassing like inflammation reduction, improving digestive function, improving sleep quality, reducing acne. But here's what you have to know before you grab a random bottle and start supplementing. Please, 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 please research your options thoroughly and look for a CBD oil that uses hemp seed oil as a carrier oil, not safflower oil, not MCT oil, not olive oil, hemp seed oil, okay? The hemp seed oil means that the plant has been kept in its purest whole plant form, allowing the terpenes and cannabinoids to work together in unison in your body to give you the powerful entourage effect that everyone raves about when it comes to the power of CBD. Among high-quality CBD options, Eaton Hemp's unfiltered, full-spectrum CBD oil is an all-organic choice. They are one of the first unfiltered CBD products to be USDA certified organic. This guarantees what you see is what you get. No toxins, no pesticides, no label trickery. And I gotta tell you, the CBD market is filled with label trickery. (laughs) Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for the CBD, giving you the full entourage effect, maximum absorption, potency, effectiveness, terpenes, and cannabinoids, aka results. (laughs) These are all good things. Now, what I love, 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 love most about Eaton Hemp is they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. As far as I know, this is the only hemp company that backs up their product by a 30-day guarantee. What does this mean for you? If you don't see the results you're looking for, they refund no questions asked. They put together a special podcast offer for listeners. If you go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet and use the code keto diet, you'll get 20% off all Eaton Hemp CBD products. Again, that's keto diet over at eatenhemp.com slash keto diet. Completely. And you mentioned sleep a little bit ago and a lack of sleep or inability to sleep or Mm -hmm. getting up, tossing and turning in the middle of the night, all those things can definitely affect our overall mental health. What has been your experience with sleep quality in your practice? So yeah, they're definitely inversely related. Uh, You know, they both affect each other. You can have poor sleep quality, gain weight, throw your hormones off, mental health. So it's like a vicious little cycle going on and it can raise your stress hormones. So the biggest number one thing I see is absolutely keto. Like I want my clients first day, I want them to plan out every night they're going to go to bed. Like if they have been averaging like five hours every night, I'm like, okay, might not be realistic to get you to go to eight hours every night. Let's increase that to where you go to bed 30 minutes this night. Try it for a week. Then let's increase it again. But absolutely, first getting that sleep scheduled in and then in conjunction working with keto because fat, it just really relaxes the brain and calms it. So it kind of turns off the whole thinking at night, viciously going and can't turn it off mentality where it actually will relax you. It calms you. And then you're able to actually finally start getting that quality sleep in addition to planning out when you're going to bed and increasing that amount of time. I love the idea of planning when you're going to go to bed. I just got into this practice a couple of months ago, completely by accident. Mm -hmm. I started reading the Bible before bed and my day ends at 8 PM. Like, I don't care what's going on, whatever's happening. I'm going to my bed and I'm reading my Bible. And since doing that, just inadvertently, I'm going to bed consistently at 10 o'clock every night. And it's been months 
and it's so consistent and I just, I love it. It's great. I always just would go to bed. Like whenever I was tired, I wouldn't have any structure and having that plan and structure of this is what I do at 8 PM. Nothing gets in the way of that has been so incredibly helpful for my personal sleep. And for you, probably reading the Bible is therapeutic and relaxing to you instead of reading the news or checking your social media, right? <laughs> so yeah, absolutely different. Finding, <laughs> yes, so absolutely finding that thing that's like, it puts you in that happy spot where you're at ease and you're calm and you find that peace. So that does, having that habits that lead you to bed does absolutely make the difference too. Completely. And I'm sure you deal with this in your practice also, hot flashes and sleeping. Do you have clients <laughs> that just cannot sleep because of their hot flashes and kind of what are the tools that you're doing to help with that? Because that will make you feel completely not okay mentally. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I mean, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, those are definitely the ones for sure that will struggle with it. But more so, I see that mostly in week one and two, just trans transitioning into keto having all the weird funkiness. And so yes, hot flashes are absolutely one of them. The biggest thing that I see that will help with hot flashes, well, turning down the AC to like 60 at night, sure that'll help. But just having enough fat and having your bone broth, making sure you're getting the collagen, something about the electrolytes. Those can be very beneficial for helping reduce that type of symptom in my opinion. Awesome. Yeah. In my practice too, I've been using a lot of maca. I'll include it in the show notes. Yeah. Actually, a lot of my clients use maca to help with the hot flashes. I find that really helps. And CBD also to just like get them asleep. Yes. Like let's get you asleep. Cause I find women who are in that age group yeah. are usually kind of in that place where their work is quite stressful mm -hmm. and they're very overwhelmed and they're trying to coordinate a lot of their house stuff and their kids are like teenagers or young adults. So there's like a lot of stuff going on, like just getting them in bed and getting them to sleep with something like a CBD has yeah. been really helpful. And what, what is your experience with, oh, I use Eaton Hemp. That's what I find. Like there are so many, do you find this with CBD oils? Like there's so many garbage brands and they're all like, we're the best, but there's no science behind them. And I was just so incredibly frustrated with the CBD market in general. It's like snake oil. It's horrible. I mean, like, yeah, I was like for supplements or any even keto products out there, it's finding that clean substance that is minimal, extra additives, and is the pure stuff. That's what it comes down to in the end. So that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And like honest companies, it's so important. And I'm sure you also in your practice is like aligning yourself with awesome companies and not mm -hmm. even just the company, but the people that work at these companies, who's the owner, how do they run their business? How do they take care of their employees? What kind of programs do they have? Like all of that makes a difference. And I take mm -hmm. that stuff really seriously because you're recommending, I mean, oh, yeah. some CBD oils are $150 each. People are putting a lot of money into this. It has to be good and it has to work because it's your name on the line and you want to make sure they're cared for. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Completely. Okay. So we talked about responsible supplementation and really just testing is also really important. What about beyond nutrition? I've been really fascinated in helping my clients and just helping people in general to kind of see what behaviors they've been kind of like that have supported them into the type of lifestyle that they have. Very similar to what you said, like planning out when I'm going to go to bed and planning out what I'm going to make for dinner. So you're not at five o'clock, like we have no food in the house. What am I doing? Like all these different behaviors. Do you find that also in your practice, like really coaching people through the planning and the mm -hmm. structure and the behaviors that support their mental yeah. well-being? Absolutely. That is like, whenever there's a hiccup or, oh, I'm just getting busy. I'm like, well, did you make a plan for it? Did you have a plan in place? It kind of like meal planning. Like you got to plan out your life and have just a weekly idea and write it out initially. What does that look like? And that goes for exercise. What type of exercise you do? How often you do it? What makes you the happiest? Or having non-food rewards. It's all those things you got to think about, plan about, and not just let a situation situation pop up, grab you by surprise and you just go. So yes, planning. Yes. That's my favorite. The stuff catching by surprise. I think the ticket for me is whenever I say I'm going to blah, blah, blah. What's your plan? I just won't eat. 
that is the worst plan. Yep. And that's literally what was happening. I had a client like that, you know, throughout the holiday, she's like, I'm trying to follow the meal plan, but it's really hard. She kept going over to her family that lived close by. And so I said, well, what's your plan? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to go there. They have snacks out all the time. There are some that I like. Well, are there snacks there that you can always eat? And she's like, well, not always. So I was like, well, how about you have a plan that every time you go over, you contribute and take one of your snacks that you know that you can eat and enjoy and that you love while having a good social time. And she's like, oh yeah. And then she started losing that weight because she had a plan. She did it and she got to contribute and feel good at the same time. It wasn't like she's going to an event and just acting like I can't eat that. She contributed and shared. Yeah, that's the best thing is the sharing. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so rare that living on a boat and having people constantly coming to our home, we're going to their home. It's very social Mm -hmm. lifestyle. And I've met hundreds of people and I've been on hundreds of people's boats and they've been on ours. And it's never this uncomfortable thing when I'm like, I brought over pork rinds. Want to see what this tastes like with chimichurri? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. What is that? What is a pork rind? I don't understand. How do they make this? And it's fun fun to get to edge educate other people on the decisions that we're making and why we make these choices. And nine times out of 10, say it's like a husband and wife, the wife Uh, is like, why do you eat like that? Like what's going on there? And then it starts a conversation. She's like, I feel this way too. And oh my gosh, I struggle with this also. And it's never been a problem. Absolutely. And if you do, for instance, ever have that one individual that's like, well, I've heard blah, blah, blah. Keto is horrible, blah, blah, blah. It's their problem. They're self-deflecting. They have their own insecurities. Just turn the conversation around. Don't worry about it. Because again, sometimes it can be like politics and religion and people are just that in their ways. And But yes, I have found that it's very few and far. Completely. Where can people find more from you, connect with you? What do you have going on? How do people work with you? Tell us all the things. Absolutely. So I'm on social media at Keto Girl Nutritionist, and that's also my website. And I would love to have you. I have a group program that is three to six months, and I work with ladies specifically who are balancing hormones to lose weight, all the good things, PCOS, hypothyroidism. But then I also do work with clients that I do get that want to work on bipolar, schizophrenia, PTSD, and tailoring the keto diet specifically for that so that they do feel better. So yes, I would love to have you stop by and say hi. Amazing. I will put all those links. If you're watching the video, you can find it down below on YouTube. And if you're listening to the audio, I'll be sure to add all your special places where people can connect with you in the show notes. So you guys can watch for that. And Priscilla, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.